he's home off of it. So y'all keep Curtis in prayer. April, May, y'all award. I, I keep going. That's why she goes by on Facebook is April, May. But uh, April Ward, um, she's not feeling well. She's not here today. And we got several that's not here. And uh, so y'all keep them in prayer. And uh, after the service, uh, after the service, we will have communion today. So y'all stay with us for communion. And uh, I want to welcome Miss Betty Glenn. She's back with us. You know, she failed. And hurt herself pretty bad, but she's looking as beautiful as always, and uh, she's back with us, and uh, so, and then we got Rex back, he's been off about three weeks or four, and uh, he had a problem with a foot, and he still got it, but they think they're going to get to take care of it, and uh, so y'all keep him in prayer, and uh, so, uh, you know, God is still, he's, he's good. He answers prayer. And uh, y'all keep Jerry them in prayer. Jerry called yesterday and let me know that he said his brother had passed away that lives down close to Houston. So y'all keep that family in prayer. Uh, try to find out a little more about it, find out when the funeral is and where it's going to be, and the church will send some flowers down there to that so we find out some more information about the service and where it's going to be and everything like that. And uh, <clears throat> so there just seems like there's always something that's going on. Uh, what I wanted to do today, you know, in this day and time, it seems like there's just problem after problem. It seems like there's always something going on. And I've had a number of people, you know, just talking. They say, I just don't understand some things, you know. Of course, I'll ask them, well, what is it you don't understand? Why is it that it seems like the people that don't go to church and don't serve God seem like they're doing better than what I am? Anybody ever thought about that? Well, what we don't understand, too, is the devil himself, Satan, can do things in your life. He can bless your life here on this earth. He is the God of this world. He has power. And there's things he can do, and I'm going to show you something in a minute. And, and maybe we didn't realize he could do it, but you know, Satan is called the God of this world. Adam and Eve give that to him. And he was glad to get it. And ever since that fall, we have lived under trials and temptations and everything in the world going on in our lives. Uh, but you know, even David, he had his problems himself. And I'm going to read a, a, a psalm. It's Psalms 37. I'm going to read Psalms 37, 1 through 8. And David is talking about, he's telling us or he's warning us about the things that can come and things not to do. Don't pay attention to what's going on around you. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God, not on the circumstances and the things around you. Everything that you see right now is just temporary. Here in a few years, there's going to be a lot of things you see right now that's not going to be here. But God and His ways are eternal. They are forever. So keep your eyes, your faith on God. Because heaven and eternal life, there is no end to it. And that's where we're going to be. 
But here in this Psalms, David is saying to us, in Psalms, it's 37, 1 through 8. And David is saying, Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Fret not. Fret is just another word for don't be discouraged or don't worry. You know, when you fret, you're worrying or you're becoming discouraged. David says, don't do this. He says, fret not thyself because of evildoers or evil workers in this world. Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Don't be jealous of them. Don't envy them because they have things that you don't have. Be thankful that God has given you what you got. For they soon shall be, listen, for they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. This isn't going to last forever. Maybe some of you know it. I do know some people that at one time, money, prestige, all this, now, that's just like me. They're living, you know, we do it without a lot of things, but you know, truly, if we just look at our lives, I feel blessed. I truly feel blessed. I've got a, a beautiful wife. I've got grandchildren, children. I've got a home. I've got friends. I've got a job. You know, really, I don't, I don't look at this as a job. I look at it as just an honor to serve God and you. And uh, so this means a lot to me where I'm at. I feel like I am truly blessed to have this church and be here at this church. I feel blessed because you're here. And I get to see you. I get to pray with you. And I have to use friends. So I feel, I feel totally blessed. But just like, just like David said, these that are, that are workers of iniquity, which is wickedness, will one day soon be cut down like the grass. Just think about you out there. You've got tall grass and you're mowing it. You're cut down. That's, he says that's what's going to happen to these people. They're going to be cut down. And they're going to wither as the green herb. It's like you've done without water and everything. And you, know, you ever seen a plant, how it withers and everything if it's not watered? That's the same way with them. And then here in verse 3 it says, David now says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord, do good. Don't be like these other people. So you shall dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. God says, I shall supply all your needs according to, to Christ Jesus' riches and glory. He's going to take care of you. He is going to watch over you. And then it says here, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. What are your desires? This is where we mess up. What are your desires? Our desires should be the desires that God has for us. We should have the same desires in our life that God has for us. To love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. To serve Him. To do good. To love your neighbors, you love yourself. To do the be like these evil workers. Because they're not going to last. They're going to last for eternity. You'll just think about it. It says, commit your way to the Lord and trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring your desire to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Now this here is where we all, I think, I know this is one of my problems. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. I want it yesterday. And I think we're all pretty well like that. 
We do not like to wait. We want it now. He said, but wait patiently for him, for God's work. He said, fret not. Don't worry yourself. Don't become discouraged because of those who prosper in their way because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Who brings wicked devices to pass? Satan. Satan can give gifts that you don't realize he can give. He can tempt you in things, and he can actually do it. He can give you things. It says cease from anger. We need to cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not or worry not yourself in any way to do evil. He said, do evil. No matter what man does to you, you don't do it back to them. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, in other words. And then here it says, David is reminding us to rest and to trust in the Lord and to wait patiently on Him. He says to wait patiently on God. You know, Daniel, he had to wait on something. He had prayed. And David said, where is my answer? Why? my answer get here. I've been waiting and I've been waiting and I don't have my answer. God, what's going on? I got a little something right here. This here is out of Daniel chapter 10 verses 12 and 14. Now this is God. I mean, I'm, excuse me, but it's an angel that is coming to Daniel to give him the answer to his prayer. Now it took a while. Matter of fact, from the time Daniel prayed to his answer took 21 days. Three weeks. What would you like if it took three weeks to get your prayer answered? Would you be kind of anxious, worrying, fretting? Well, listen to what, what, what it says. Why did it take so long for Daniel to get his answer? Then the angel said to Daniel, this is who come to Daniel to, with, with uh, God's answer. Then the, answer, the, excuse, the angel said to David, Fear not, Daniel, for your prayer was heard the first day you prayed. Hey, Daniel, I heard you the very first day you prayed. And I was coming to answer you. I was on my way with your prayer. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which is Satan, detained me for 21 days. He held up that prayer. Satan held up that prayer that, that, that Daniel was waiting for for 21 days. So what does God do? I mean, God knew Daniel was waiting on this prayer. So the angel said, Michael, which was, one, was the archangel, Michael, one of the chief princes of God, came to help me, and now I have come with your answer. God had to send Michael to help this other angel to get the answer to David. Satan, if he gets that opportunity, he's still holding up God's answers for, you, for us today. And you wonder, why has God not answered me? When you do, think back to what this here says. Daniel waited 21 days for his answer. Because that, because that answer was detained by the enemy. And it's still, Satan still wants to interrupt the answers to our prayers today.
So when we start to worry and you start growing weary, waiting for something that you've been praying for, we have to remember too. God heard you the first day. He heard you the first day. He heard you that time you prayed. But we have to remember, everything too is in God's time. Do you realize that God uses people like you and me to answer somebody else's prayer? He may send you to help somebody that's been praying for something. But God's got to talk to you. And then you've got to respond and be obedient to God. God uses us as his instruments to help others. So when you feel an urge or a need, just do it. Just do it. Help somebody. If that's that call, go to somebody to help them. You know, I've told y'all before about going to the hospitals and maybe walking down the aisle or going back to, to the room where I was at. And I told y'all about it once before, but Roy was in there having a pacemaker put in at uh, Southwest. Yeah, there's too many of these hospitals. He was in Southwest. And I left Roy's room, and I started walking back to where the family was and everything. And I walked by this room, and there's this woman laying in there. And she was just sobbing and crying. There was nobody else in there. Nobody. And I, was, I had this feeling, go in and see her. I said, Lord, are you talking to me? He said, you know I'm talking to you. I go in. Tell her who I am. I said, I'm a pastor. I was up here visiting with one of my people. And I saw you in here, and I saw that you looked like you was having a problem, and I just wanted to come in and see if you was all right. And see, maybe if I could have a prayer with you. She looked at me and reached over and got my hand and said, you are God sent. That's what I've been praying for. My family could not be here. I'm fixing to have surgery, and it's a serious surgery. And I'm here by myself. She said, would you please pray for me? See, God does things like this, but we have to listen to God. I, if I hadn't been, oh, he could have sent anybody in there. But he sent me. And all I had to do was be obedient to what I felt in my heart and in my spirit. Go in there, and she was so happy. She's, like I said, she had tears running. She said, you are an answer to prayer. She said, I have been praying and praying that somebody would come and pray with me. So when you feel an urge to pray for somebody, what are they going to do? Say, well, no, I'd rather not. And you say, well, okay, thank you very much, but I just want to check. Go on. They're not going to beat you up or nothing. You know, that used to worry me about one thing. I felt like I was imposing on somebody. You're not imposing on them. You're there as a servant of Almighty God to do what He has called you to do. Now, if God has truly called you to do, that person is going to let you pray for them. Because God's already spoke to them. And that's what she said. I've been praying and I felt like somebody would come by. And she said, and here you are. And you talk about making me feel good. Well, I prayed with her and I don't know. I never did get to see her again or anything. But I feel like God was there. He touched her and everything was all right. 
I never got to see her again. But I did what God asked me to do, so the rest of it was in God's hands anyway. And I know God took care of her. Or he wouldn't have sent me in there in the first place. And uh, so, remember, everything's in God. And we've got to be obedient to God to work with God and do what God wants us to do. David knew that waiting could, could lead. Now listen, when you start waiting, 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 you become impatient. Come on, where's it at? Come on, I need it. You become angry. When you start getting mad, you start getting angry. Well, God, I you, you said you would answer my prayers. You know, you're there you already getting mad at God because He hadn't answered it yet. It brings on frustration. All of a sudden, you become all frustrated. That's what Satan wants. Maybe Satan's holding up what God wants you to do. He said, "I'll make them angry. I'll frustrate them. I'll cause them to fret." Just remember. It's in God's time. Lord, I don't know what's wrong, but I know you heard me, and I know you're going to answer me. So, Lord, I know it's going to be in your time, and I'm not going to worry about it. Boy, you talk about making Satan mad. No, that'll make Satan mad. And the Word says that, you know, it says that if we begin to worry, we'll start to, comp we'll start to be like or compare ourselves to those around us who do not know the Lord. Well, Lord, look at them. Look how good they're doing. And here I am struggling, trying to make, trying to do right. But Lord, it's like you're blessing them, you're not blessing me. Well, you know, many times it's not the Lord blessing that person. It's Satan. You say, well, you may not believe Satan can bless somebody. Satan can give you things that you don't realize he can give you. He can tempt you and he can do those things that he's tempted you to do. He can, he can give them to you. And I'm going to show you something right here. Remember Jesus when he was in the desert and Satan was tempting him? He was going to give Jesus something. And he could have done it. Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, this is Satan talking to Jesus. He's tempting Jesus. And again, the, again, the devil took Jesus up into an exceeding high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And Satan, now listen, and Satan said unto Jesus, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Satan could have given them. It belonged to Satan. Satan is the God of this world. He could have given those things to Jesus. But Jesus said, No, I will not worship you, Satan, for I shall worship no one but the Lord my God. So see, Satan can tempt you. He can even give you things. And that's what he does with a lot of people now that's walking out there and he says, oh, look how blessed they are. That's just going to be very temporary. If they don't know God, if they're not serving God, if they're serving Satan, that will disappear. That will disappear in just a matter of a, of a short time. <clears throat> and the Bible tells us to wait on the Lord and to stay focused on God's Stay focused on what God has told us. Not what the Satan is telling us. Not what the world is telling us. But what God is telling us. You know, God has a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. And here, I'm going to, here in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts of the plans that I have toward you, said the Lord. He's talking to, he's, he was talking to Jeremiah. I know what I've got planned for you. 
He knows what he's got planned for each one of us. Now, we probably don't know it yet, but God will reveal it to us when the time is right. He says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have toward you, said the Lord, plans of peace, not of evil, and to give you an expected end. God's plans for you are for good and not for evil. Satan's plans for you are evil. His plans for you are for evil. We go right back again, and I, I use it a lot, but it, it's just so clear as to why Satan is here. John 10, 10. For Satan came but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is why he's here. Then Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and have it in an abundance. That you may have an overflowing life. A life full. See, God can do that. But Satan came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he wants to do to you, to your family, to your children. But, but Jesus said, I have come that you may have an abundant life. So Satan, Jesus has already told us why Satan has come. He has already told us why he is here, what his primary job is because of his hate for God. We have to remember not to become frustrated, to become worried or angry when we see others around us receiving things that maybe praying for. Well, Lord, I've been praying for it, but you're giving it to them. Wasn't the Lord giving it to them? The enemy, to frustrate you, to make you angry and try to make you angry at God. Satan will do anything in the world he can to draw you away from God and to him. He'll make you angry at God. He'll, he'll, you'll be blaming God for things that Satan has done. Anybody ever do that? I think we probably all have. But we have to remember God is still in charge. And, and look at what he said again. I'm going to go right back here to Psalms 37.2 and what David said happened to these people. For they soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Soon. For they shall soon be cut down. This isn't going to last very long because God's going to intervene in it. God looks at your heart. God looks at your love for him. He looks at your heart. Your heart trust God today. Is your heart full and loving God? Is He your God? We have to ask ourselves sometimes, Lord, am I truly serving you the way you want me to serve you? Am I doing what you want me to do? Lord, am I obedient like you want me to be? Sometimes it's, we have, you know, sometimes we just need to stop and question ourselves. Are we serving God the way He wants us to serve Him? He already tells us that, that for us to really serve him in love with, with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. You know, that's everything in you. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. And sometimes, boys, I've seen some neighbors, that's going to be awful hard to do. But God says you have to do it, to love your neighbor. So we just sometimes have to realize we have an enemy out there that wants to destroy you. He'll do anything he possibly can to destroy you. He'll do whatever he can to turn you away from God. He'll offer you things that, hey, look what he did to Jesus. Hey, look, Jesus, 
if you will just fall down and worship me, I'm going to give you all this stuff. How many times do you think he's tempted you with something like that? If you'll just worship me and love me, I'll give you whatever it is you want. And he can, as long as it's earthly. Powers that we can't, yeah, that's why it is. We need to, when we rebuke Satan, you don't rebuke Satan, I rebuke you. You don't know, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You don't have that power. Now, Satan has dealt with Jesus, and he knows the power of Jesus. He knows what Jesus is capable of, and he knows that Jesus can do exactly what he wants to do, and Satan can't do a thing about it. Our trust and our faith is in God, and that's where it needs to be. I want to ask, are you standing firm today in your faith in Christ, knowing that he is in control of all things? Do y'all realize that? That God is in control of all things? He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's, he's, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. This is God. Satan is not. Satan cannot be everywhere at one time. That's being omnipresent. He's not omnipotent, which is all-powerful. And he's not omniscient. He don't know everything. Some people think, and I'm gonna, I, may do, I may do a teaching on that Wednesday night. I'm not sure yet. I'm looking. Can Satan read your mind? What do you think? No, he can't. He cannot read your mind. He's not all-knowing. How does he know what, what? How does he know me then? He hears what you speak. He hears what comes out of your mouth. Suppose you've got somebody that you really dislike. Oh, I just can't stand that person. You know how many times a day you're going to see that person? Satan hears it. Oh, you don't like, well, watch, watch, watch what this person's going to, who they're going to run into today a number of times. No. Satan knows your thoughts of what you speak out of your mouth. What you say, what you confess out of your mouth. That's why you got to be careful about what you say and what you speak. Satan's demons hear you and they report back to Satan. Hey, old Janice, you know, listen to what she said today. Boy, we can take care of her, you know. So try to speak positive, good, kind things about others. You don't give Satan much to work with, does he? That's how Satan knows what you're doing. We just need to cast our cares and our burdens on him in faith. That's what he says. Cast all your burdens. Cast your cares, your worries. Give them to me. Let me take care of them. I'm capable. You know, we're told to rest in God. In other words, we're told to have faith that God will take care of everything that comes up in your life. And you know, he can he can take care of everything that rises in your life. And I don't know why we just don't say, Lord, I'm going to give it to you. I'm through worrying with it. I'm tired of worrying with it. I've done all I can. And, Lord, I had not been able to do nothing with it yet. But, Lord, you can. And just give it to him and let him have it. Sometimes we just need to replace our worry with our prayers. When you're worried about something, pray. Give it to God. Let God take care of it. You know, 
Let's replace worry with prayer and replace our fear with faith. Replace fear with faith. You know, I don't know whether you realize or not, but you realize that is a spirit. Fear is a spirit that comes up on you. What do you mean a spirit that comes up on you? I'm going to read you a scripture right here. It's in 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us, listen, the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. And God didn't give it to you. God didn't give it to you. He'll give it to you. That's one way he controls you. Satan. When you become afraid and scared, sometimes you're, you, you become vulnerable. Satan can do things that you didn't think he could do. When you're afraid, but he says that, that uh, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is nothing but a spirit. It's from the enemy. It's a spirit that the enemy has given you to control you. When you get scared, there's a lot of things you'll do, isn't it? You've got faith in God. There's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you can't do. We serve a mighty and a loving God. He's a mighty God. Well, you know, as I read in the Bible, it says He parted the Red Sea. That's a pretty good job right there. Isn't it? And all the Israelites, all about three million of them, crossed that on dry ground to the other side. He collapsed the walls of Jericho. How did he do that? Joshua had his men march around that wall seven times. And you know, we said something a while ago. God told those, or Joshua told them, but God told Joshua, he said, tell them not to open their mouths, tell them not to speak a single word to be silent. Why would God do that? Because they would have started complaining. Why are we doing this? What good is this doing? Why are we even doing this? They was already doubting what was going to happen. They never opened their mouths. And on that seventh time around, God told them, on that seventh time, blow the trumpet. And the moment they obeyed God and blew that trumpet, those walls came down. There wasn't a war. There wasn't a big fight. The walls came down. Many people think those walls fell over. They didn't. They're still there today. Those walls went straight down in the ground. You, you can walk on them today. You can walk on the top of those walls. Those walls went straight down. God sent them straight down. They didn't collapse. And the truth just washed right over. There wasn't no debris for them to have to get around or nothing else. See, God knows what he's doing. We just have to put our faith and our trust in God. You know, talking about a mighty God, not only when they started crossing the desert, he supplied daily food with quail daily. They was in a desert area, no water. What did he do? He brought water forth from a rock. Do you think we don't serve a mighty and a powerful God? Our God can do all things. Nothing is impossible for God. 
nothing. That's what the Bible says. Nothing. If you have faith, nothing is impossible. We just have to put our trust and our faith in God, cast all of our cares upon Him. And when we do this, I like what it said over in Isaiah. It said, Wait upon the Lord and you shall soar like, like a wings upon an eagle, like an eagle from wings. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? Through your faith. You're going to soar like an eagle. What does an eagle do in a storm? What does an eagle do in a storm? He soars so high. He is the highest flying bird there is. He soars so high he gets up over the storm. And he goes over the storm. He don't go through it. And God says that's what you can do. You can mount up with wings of eagles. And you can, you can soar over your storms and not go through them. We don't realize what, what, what God has said we can do. It's simply our faith and trust in God. God, you take care of it. I can't. And God says, well, I'm glad to hear that. Now I can find something. We hinder God by getting in his way and not yielding to God and letting him do what he wants to do. We just need to be grateful and thankful to God for his love and his care for us. How many of us, just take that time out, get along with God, say, Lord, I don't want nothing. I just want to visit with you a minute. I want to thank you for all you've done in my life. I want to thank you for loving me. I want to thank you for protecting me and my family. Lord, I just want to thank you for all you've done. Now see, that's, that, that pleases God. That pleases God. And that's what God wants to hear from us. We just need to be thankful. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're going through some things. Maybe you're wondering, God, why haven't you answered my prayer? Well, maybe Satan is up. But he's going to answer it. He said, I will answer you. Matter of fact, over in Jeremiah, he says, call upon me. He's talking about God. And I will answer you. I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you did not know. I'll reveal things to you you've wondered about, you've thought about, but you didn't know. But I'll reveal them to you. We just have to call upon God, trust Him, and just love Him and thank Him. If you're here today and you say, Lord, I need to put more faith in you. I need to trust you more. I need to walk closer to you. We have an altar right down here. If you want to come down and just visit with God for a few minutes, thanking Him, loving Him for all that He's done in your life. And I know a bunch of you in here that God has touched mightily. Have you thanked Him for it? Or did you forget? It's so easy to let it once you're healed or something's over with that you forget it happened and you didn't go back and thank God. I think we all have. Just take that time and remember who stepped in, who helped you, and give praise. You'd be surprised what praise will do in your life. You'd be surprised when you start praising God and He hears it. He'll even do extra more so than what you ask because of your praise and your love. So if you need to just say something, visit with God for a minute, we're going to do that. Then after, after that, I'm going to ask the band to come up and play something. And uh, if you need to thank God, please do. Just, Lord, thank you so much. 
I know I've neglected you. I know I haven't thanked you like I should. But Lord, I think back on all. That, that's one thing David did in his Psalms. A lot of the Psalms David wrote was up there in his older age. And David remembered back on what God had done. And in all the Psalms, he was rightly thanking God for what he had done as he thought back on all the things that God had done, all the times God had saved his life, all the miracles that God had done in his life. That's where a lot of these Psalms come from. It's David thinking back on what God had done. So if you need to come down and just thank God, please do. Then we'll do communion. And we'll be dismissed. So, if y'all will.